Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We are asking God for inspiration. We are asking God for wisdom and understanding, even in your world. We demand God that your world we continue to renew us and transform us into that state and place that you've so ordained for each and every one of us by reason of your creation for your word says you sustain the world by your word even the world that you created you also sustain by your word and we believe god that we be your creation lord you can also sustain us by your word and we demand god that your word will have its way in our lives even as we receive it in jesus name amen Okay, we're going to continue with um, our deliberation of life in the cluster, and that's going to be part number four, life in the cluster. And uh, our major text again is from Isaiah 65, verse number 8. Isaiah 65, verse number 8. And the Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, as a new wine is found in the cluster, and one saith, Destroy it not. For a blessing is in it, so will I do for my servants' sakes, that I may not destroy them all. Hallelujah. And so I've been trying to explain to all that in coming together, just like a cluster is, there is always a blessing in it. In fellowshipping together, in becoming one with another through the body of Christ, there's fellowship in it. And we are saying that even if there has to be anything that will go for destruction, by reason of the fact that the scripture says, God said, no, you just keep it for my servant's sake, that the cluster is to be preserved. That is to say, for the sake of just one or two persons who are walking in the word of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord continues to come to the congregation of the people of God. Praise the living God. All right, so I'm going to go a little bit deeper today with you. Like I did mention uh, last Sunday uh, First of all right now Let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 I want to give you a simple definition As to what this means Genesis chapter 2 verse 23 The Bible says And Adam said This is now bone of my bones And flesh of my flesh She shall be called woman Because she was taken out of man and then when you look at the book of Ephesians 5 verse 29 The Bible again said Ephesians 5 29 For no man ever hated his own flesh But nourished and cherished it Even as the law of the church For we are members of his body Of his flesh and of his bones Now I want you to see How connected it is When it comes to the issue of being together in the church you see, Adam said, the wife or the woman is flesh of his flesh and the bones of his bones. And here we are made to understand the flesh. I mean, Jesus is speaking again, or the word is speaking, and making us understand that for us to Jesus, we are flesh of his flesh and bones of his bones. So that is to say, we are so united, we are so knitted together as one with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, so now go with me to Genesis 29 and verse 13. I'm going to go through a few scriptures here and explain a few things to you. Uh, Genesis 29 verse 13. This is Jacob when he got to the house of Laban. And the Bible says, And it came to pass, when Laban heard that the tidings of Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. And he told Laban all these things. And Laban said to him, Surely thou art my bone and my flesh. And he abode with him the space of a month. Thou art my bone and my flesh. So you find that the flesh of my flesh and the bones of my bones go beyond just a husband and wife. It's come to the place of relationship. It's come to the place of being a relative. Are you following what I'm saying? I want you to understand that the church is one body. By implication, we are relations. Now I'm going to prove that further to you. 
Go with me to 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 1. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 1. The Bible said, Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron, and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? You better follow this. They came all the tribe to David, unto Hebron, and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. They came all the tribe of Israel. Ishbosheth the king and Abner, the general, all of them came. Right then. This time, Ishbosheth is dead. Abner is dead. And they had no hope of maintaining a separate kingdom. And therefore, they thought it better to submit to David's authority. And so they came to David and said, Listen, we are your flesh and your bones. That means we are one. Are you listening to me? So it's, it's beyond the issue of just a husband and wife. This is a whole nation coming together to identify with David and say, Listen, we are flesh and bones together. We are so united. We are one. What they did here was to come and enthrone him as a king. Praise the living God. Uh, we see here okay go again to second samuel chapter 19 verse number 11. thank you lord second samuel 19 verse number 11. king david said to zadok and to abiathar the priest saying speak unto the elders of judah saying why are you the last to bring the king back to his house seeing the speech of all israel is come to the king even to his house ye are my brethren Ye are my bones and what? My flesh. Therefore, then are ye the last to bring back the king. And say to our master, Are thou not of my bone and of my flesh? God do so to me and more also, if thou be not captain of the host before me continually in the room of Joab. I want you to understand this language of flesh and bones. You see, as we are here together in church, we are the flesh and the bones of one another. This is part of the cluster mystery that I'm trying to talk to you about. Now you look at one thing. When you look at being the flesh and the bones of one another, it means you can't hurt one another. Are you following what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. It's just like Ephesians will say that no man hurts himself, therefore you can't hurt your wife. The same thing you can hurt your neighbor because you are flesh and bones of each other that is how the bible makes it that is how, see when you are called now you begin to look at the old testament i mean the new testament the infant church the the the, the, the very beginning of the church you begin to understand something what do you think led to the issue of what happened in the book of acts when they have to have dickens when the disciples say no we cannot continue to serve tables let's appoint some people so that we can concentrate on the word and in prayers why because the bible said the widows some of the widows were neglected in the distribution now what led to that the point is this as soon as people believed or got converted in early time their family rejected them and the church took them in do you understand that the church took them in so it was a conglomerate of different nations different people jews gentile whatever the case may be all those that were neglected by their family for believing Look, how many of you understand i know for sure there's somebody i relate with i've been ministering to the last time when we we're in singapore up to now we're still connecting still you know encouraging this woman have literally left singapore because she became a christian and the family are muslims and she's no longer in Singapore. She's not been in Singapore for this long time. Why? Because the conclusion is if they see her, they're going to kill her. Forever converting to become a Christian. And that's exactly what happened in the early times. So a lot of people were moved to the church. The church absorbed them. It became their family. Are you following what I'm talking about? So now they were taking care of them just like their family ought to have taken care of them. The widows, the elderly ones, as many as were converted, 
they were brought to the church and the church absorbed them now they have a new family and that's what it means to be a believer they become a new family a new set of family and orientation became what they were working with and this is where that thing came from where they have to appoint the seven deacons also to take care of the people praise the living god so when you move out and god brings you in you know to join up with the local assembly you become one family with a local assembly your relationship to the family that you have been joined to is completely different and this is why you discover that churches that are well with there that have resources and all that they did a lot of things during this COVID-19 period have you heard that a lot of ministrations were done palliative were given out from the church and that's what we're talking about what the relations could not do the church could do because what we are one flesh and one bone it's a family and until you understand the church to be a family you will never be able to benefit from what the church is about to produce that's what i'm telling you until you begin to understand that this is a family that you belong to one flesh one bone one blood you will not be able to benefit from that which god is releasing and intend to release to his body are you here with me so i want you to understand the implication of your conversion not just a conversion but that you are joined to a local assembly you take it serious you should be able to know from the depth of your heart you've been called into another family the lord pulled you out just like he was praying he pulled you out and joined you to another family now you have one flesh and one bone see you know there's a common saying that blood is thicker than water have you heard that what that really means is your relation is stronger to you or knitted to you more than somebody else but you see the blood of jesus is thicker than the blood of adam are you see that with me the blood by which you are bought into the kingdom is thicker the blood of adam that we were born into in the very beginning if you are born from above that means you have another blood that gave birth to you and your commitment should be to that realm by which you are called why do you think people like barnabas go out to sell the piece of land and bring the money to the church because they needed the money to feed the people and you think they did that for nothing and you think god have no cognizance of what they did that they have to take that hand and money this guy sold his piece of land and brought the money put it in an apostle feet and say you take this money give to the people let them share it up take care of the people in the church that is the way it is that is what god has called us into a new family under heaven right here on the earth and each and every tribe or assembly is a family i mentioned this some time ago if for instance you are born into the family of Issachar of the tri tribe if you are born into the family of Issachar for instance and you decide to go and join yourself to the tribe of Dan or Judah you can function well why the tribe of Issachar was a tribe that had the times and the season Israel must go to war that 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 grace was not given to Judah judah was given by grace to praise to worship so now you are for Issachar, who are supposed to know the times and seasons you go and join yourself to the family of praise you can function there do you understand what i'm saying so god bringing you here has a reason there are things he need to impart into your life here that you cannot find elsewhere you have to understand that is anybody following what i'm saying this is why people who move from church to church they can excel because the gene of where they are coming from is not where they are going to the grace that god has given to that particular assembly that they were before doesn't go with them to the next assembly you lose out when you jump from one fellowship to another fellowship because there is something unique for each family that was in the tribe of israel therefore there's something unique in each family that god has ordained to be part of the church in the universe today are you following this 
And one of the things I believe that God has given to us in this place is wisdom from the scriptures. The things by the grace of God you receive in this house, this is not boasting, they are rare in other local assemblies. Can I hear an amen? Are you following that? And so when you hear there's something that God does in your life, He opens your understanding to the scriptures uniquely. That's completely different from where you can, I mean, find somewhere else. This is the privileges you have for being plunged of the flesh and bone of the bone. If you come to the place where you truly follow in, your heart is in this place, when you read your Bible, understanding will begin to come to you. That is a unique grace the Lord is giving to us. Praise the living God. Are you following that? The flesh of my flesh and the bones of my bones here. I mean, David was simply saying, we have the same tribe. I'm the same tribe with you. Hallelujah. So, KDCC, we are of a specific tribe within the body of Christ. Are you there with me? And you've got to be able to identify with that fact. So that when you see whoever... Is supposed to be part of you is flesh of a flesh and the bones of your bone the way you treat the way you regard the way you see that individual is completely different from the way you're supposed to see somebody else and that is not to say a christian in another local assembly should not be seen is also part of a flesh and your bones is that okay praise the living god okay go with me to the book of john chapter 19 verse 31 John 19 31 Praise the Lord The Bible said the Jews therefore Now this is the crucifixion of Jesus The background to it When Jesus was crucified The Jews therefore because it was the preparation That the body should not remain upon the cross On the Sabbath day For that Sabbath day was a high Sabbath Besought Pilate that their legs might be broken Oh glory And that they might be taken away Then came the soldiers And break the legs of the first thief And of the other Which were crucified with him You remember they crucified two thieves with him They came and break their legs But when they came to Jesus And saw that he was already dead They break not his legs but one of the soldiers with a peculiar, I mean a special, I mean a spear pierced his side and thought we came there outward, blood and water. And he said that it bear record. And this record is true. And he knew that it's, it's their truth that he might believe. For these things were done, verse 36, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Hallelujah. Now, if you are part of the flesh of his flesh and the bones of his bones, are you following me now? It simply means no part of him is supposed to be broken. As long as his bone is not broken, that means his church is supposed to be intact. Are you listening to me? Sometimes you have to have these revelations deep inside your spirit. A few years ago, I gave you the story here sometime. I had a meeting in Quara State. That was my early time coming into ministry. And on that particular day, we were to live in Lori for Lagos. And I find myself on the top of a very high coconut tree. In a dream All of a sudden I started falling I fell up to a level I think I was hitting the ground And I landed on top of a car Then I woke up And I felt very uncomfortable And I went to the car that we drove that day To a decision wagon from Lagos With Reverend Omole I went to the car and I was just touching the tires I had that kind of intuition Saying that something is wrong and the next thing the man asked me do you know how to drive i said no he said why are you touching the tires i said i don't know but i just i don't know he said okay if you know if you have known how to drive i'll ask you to drive the car today and then we started going to lagos 
after Ibadan, we have a terrible accident. I was thrown into the bush all the way through the boot of the station wagon. Maxwell was also in the car that day. Now, when they finally picked me up, it was Maxwell that actually made them to know where I was because I was inside a borough pit, far off from where the accident took place. The whole of my waist was gone, my leg was gone, you know. I was bleeding profusely. So when they asked him, where is he? It was Maxwell that said, my father is right there inside the bush. So they came up there to be able to bring me out. Now the story is this, when we got to Lagos, finally at about 12 midnight, I was asked, the doctors that came to check on me said, there is nothing they can do about the leg, but than to amputate the leg. Because the damage is so much that they can't fix it. Then I said, no, my legs cannot be broken. And he said, why? I said, because the bones of Jesus were not broken. And he said, if you have that faith, then let it be done for you. I said, I have that faith. Just leave the leg the way it is. So they had to walk on the leg. It was one youth couple that actually came this Sunday. Because even that day, they couldn't treat me till the next day. All my body was swollen, my clothes on me. I mean, they had to use scissors to tear them out of my body because everywhere it was blood and swollen i was there they told me i was going to be in the hospital for six weeks what happened i went into fasting and prayers and i was talking to god if they give my medication i will not take them to bring food i will not take them i was giving my food to my next uh, co-patient on the ward who came for also operation i was giving him the food he was taking double ration and i was eating on and nobody knew i did that for about two days i mean about a week in the hospital after that on the third week i told this man i'm leaving they said you can't live with this leg the way it is unless you're going to write against doctor report i said sure i'm going to write against doctor reports and they brought it for my field the form i said i just have to get out of this hospital i left the hospital with crushes came back home when i was in the village here was a situation that i remember my dad came because they have something with which they fix bones in the village they brought a fowl and then when you break the fowl and they fix it with the medication the native one the day the fowl touches on the floor to walk with it your bones are healed so they brought this thing and i looked at the fowl i told my wife go make some stew with that fowl <laughs> and so when they were eating and my dad said where did you have money again to buy fowl to make stew i said the one you brought i said so you don't need it i said i don't need it so the next day told my mother, I said, okay, let's go back home. He doesn't want the medication, the medicine. And then they went back home. And then, thereafter, somebody came and said, oh, well, this is not anything serious. You cannot be rubbing this cream on it. I said, but I don't need this thing. He said, no, you just need it. Just rub the cream on it. I said, okay, fine. I rub it. The first day, I discovered a leg was expanded. I rub it the second day. It's expanded more than the first time. And I was lying down one night like this. That's what the second day of the medication. I was lying down and I saw a very tall man. I don't know how he walked into my room. And the door was locked. It's about 9 p.m. in the night. This man, very tall, I wasn't sleeping. I was seeing him, walked into the room and picked the leg and hit it on the, on the bed three times. God can hit this leg. Do you hear me? And then he walked out of the room. I was surprised. Tall, you know. How his head was touching the ceiling, but he could walk in. I don't know, but you understand what I'm talking about. Now, what am I trying to say? Your faith, I have this conviction that the bones of Jesus were not broken. Therefore, my bones shall not be broken. When you come to the realization of the scripture, sometimes if he hits you and you pick it, it works for you. There is power in the living world based on the scriptures. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the living God. So here is the Jesus now. The Bible says, a bone of him shall not be broken. You must come to that realization. Friends, we are one. God brought us together as a family. If you get out of me, your, my bones are broken. Because you are the flesh of my flesh and what? The bones of my bones. You must realize that. When you lose faith... In the fellowship, in the congregation, a part of Jesus' bone is being broken. So you see, you can't walk against the unity and the strength of the body of Christ. In no way. Praise the living God. Somebody said, Pastor, I think I need to try what you say. No, no, no. If they give you medication, take it. Is that okay? 
<laughs> don't just try that it's my conviction it's, it came to me it's a revelation that is what they call rema rema is different from the logos when you read the bible that's a logos but when something hits you as a passage it becomes a rema rema is faith faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god is that okay now if you don't have the faith don't go doing it but then you must come to the place where you develop faith in what god says praise the living god now the bible says here for this is where done that the scripture should be fulfilled i always have this conviction as well that a scripture must be fulfilled in my life that i'm here to fulfill one or two scriptures remember when they called john the baptist and they asked him the question who are you first thing he said i'm not one of the prophets so the first place where to begin farming life is to know who you are not is that okay that is the beginning you don't assume you don't you don't live a life that you have not received by revelation john said i am not one of the prophets and said but then who are you he said, i'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness he was quoting isaiah that means he came to fulfill a scripture jesus came to fulfill a scripture and every one of you even watching me you came to fulfill what a scripture you must know that so locate your dna through the scripture that you are called to fulfill there is something about your life that is written in the word of god that's why you need to read the book to find out what god have written about you praise the living god I was speaking to them a few, last year, March rather, in South Africa. I made up to understand, you must understand what the Bible is all about. It's not just another book, it's a will. The word testament means a will. And any time a will is written, it's written by someone and the person must die, but all his children have an inheritance in that will. Are you, are you there with me? Now, Jesus is the advocate why is he the advocate an advocate is the one that interpret the will in the courts because you whom the will is written about you can't interpret the, the will so now what happened an advocate is engaged to interpret the will before the judge as what belongs to you that's what the bible called the i mean jesus an advocate but again the bible says a testament is not into force until the testator dies so you see god yahweh died in yeshua that's what the bible says oh come on if you go down to the book of isaiah begin to see you shall no longer be called a widow that's a divorced husband how many of you understand that so now the first will god have to die in christ that's what the bible says in the book of art chapter 8 verse 28 it tells 28 i'm sure it tells you that that we are but with the blood you have to take care of the church of god which he poured with what his own blood how did he buy the buy the church with his own blood he poured the blood out into a man called jesus because his spirit now for him to die he has to become a man are you following the mystery so what am i making you to understand that you must diligently study the word to find out the will that god has for you there is a portion of scripture that god has for you and in your study in the bible regularly you find out the will that god has for you so that you can live it out this is the only way you can please the father this is the only way you can come to the place that god have ultimately ordained for you even after now praise the living god i've always told you here see life does not end here life doesn't end when you die life continues on the other side if you have that in perspective you'll be more careful how you walk with the call that god has for you somebody said how is that possible then you begin to ask somebody like moses and elijah how is it possible that they walked out of on the other side because they have ministry to continue even when they drop the flesh are you there with me now the bible says these were written so that the scripture might be what be fulfilled a bone of it shall not be broken what scripture was that go with me to exodus 12 verse number 43 exodus 12 verse number 43 and the lord said unto moses and aaron 
This is the ordinance of the Passover. That's when they were in Egypt now. That shall no stranger eat thereof. You begin to see where it becomes difficult for you to partake of the life of God. When you are not united with his body, you can't partake of the life of God. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? A stranger is not permitted to eat of the Passover. You cannot be in the midst of people and your heart is not there. You cannot claim to be in church and you are not united with the body. You are a stranger. And once you are a stranger in your thoughts and emotions, you are no longer allowed to partake of this Passover, which has to do with the Lamb. Remember, we're dealing with why his bones were not broken. Then verse 44. But every man's servant that is bought for money, when thou hast circumcised him, then shall he eat thereof. A foreigner and a higher servant shall not eat thereof. A foreigner and a higher servant shall not eat thereof. You begin to see people that were not qualified to eat of the Passover lamb. How is it that we are in fellowship? Sometimes we can't receive what we are supposed to receive. Because we made ourselves foreigners and strangers. Are you listening to me? When we are not in one mind, when you are not in one spirit, you made yourself a stranger. You made yourself a hired servant. And with that condition, you are not qualified to partake of the blessings that are in the vine. Are you following me? That's why you're surprised. Sometimes you go in a fellowship, people are receiving signs, wonders, miracles. You'll be wondering, why am I not getting it? Check your hearts. Are you a stranger or a higher servant? These are the things that stops you from partaking of the blessing in the vine. Hallelujah. Verse 46. In what house shall it be eaten? <laughs> and thou shalt not carry forth out of the flesh abroad, out of the house, that thou shalt break a bone thereof. Praise the living God. This is the scripture that was fulfilled on the cross. Now thou shalt break a bone thereof. So when they came to Jesus, they could not break the bone because the scripture said, no bone of the lamb. I mean, if you understand that Jesus is the lamb that was actually sacrificed right there in Exodus chapter 12 for the Passover. When you talk about Passover, you're talking about the children of Israel leaving Egypt into the body of Christ, into becoming one family so that they move to Canaan to the promised land. Hallelujah. So the more you partake of the fellowship, the more you have a shift from the world. And there is something very specific I would like to say here as well. The Bible said, do not say confederacy to what they say confederacy. And the Bible made me understand that within the camp of Israel, there was light in Goshen, even in Egypt. But as far as the rest of the land was concerned, Famine, everything was there. You have to understand what it means to be part of the body of Christ. The blessing in the vine, you partake of it when you have been moved from the wall into the household of faith, which is called the church. There is something unique about the church. There is something unique about the fellowship you belong to. You don't just come in here because you want to be part of a congregation. You are here because you have light and glory. That God intends to give unto you. Praise the living God. Are you following me? Alright. If you look at the book of Psalm 34 verse 20. This is one thing again that he said that is so powerful. Psalm 34 verse 20. He kept all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Can I hear an amen? Now, this is like saying the Lord has protection for everyone that is in the congregation. He keepeth all his bones. Remember, you are the flesh of his flesh and what? The bones of his bones. Now, he keepeth all his bones and none of them shall be broken. And I say the same thing to you, you shall not be broken. For he keepeth all his bones. 
He makes sure he preserves his bones. He makes sure he keeps his congregation. He makes sure he keeps his people. No matter what is prevailing, I am declaring to you, it will not come neither dwelling, for God keepeth all his bones. Praise the living God. I want to show you how important this issue of the bones is. Go with me again to Genesis 50 verse 24. The Lord keep all of his bones. You have a guarantee of your being preserved. You have a guarantee of your being sustained. You have a guarantee of being provided for. You have the guarantee that the Lord will sustain you because he keepeth all his bones. And you are part of his bones, part of his flesh. Praise the living God. Genesis 50 verse 24. Then Joseph said to his brothers, The time of my death has come. And anytime I read the scriptures like this, something pop up in my spirit. How many of you will be able to come to that place when you are going to pass on to the other side? You should be able to know that you are about to pass on to the other side. Hallelujah. Listen, I hate to hear a Christian died in an accident. I just hate to hear that. It's painful to me to say what is killing other people is killing Christians. It's painful to me. For the patriot of old, before ever they pass on, they know about it. They told their children. How many of you understand? I, I mean, Genesis 49. When Jacob was to die, he called off his children and began to give them prophetic utterances about what their future will be. That's how to be a child of God. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? That's how to be a child of God. You don't just slump and die like that. I'm not, I'm, I don't want to experience that. I don't want to see that. People begin to search for where your will is because you never told anybody anything. What kind of life is that? Oh no. I don't want to experience that. I don't want to see that. Even for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. If you must go. You should be able to know that you want to go. Because it's just a transition. It's a move from one line of life to another line of life. Amen. So here Joseph said. The time of my death has come. He knew when he was going to die. No, he never waited for somebody to prophesy. It's not about somebody coming to say, you are about to die. And you say, oh yes, I'm about to die. No. No. If you are going to die, you should know you are going to die. And the person telling you you are going to die is the confirmation of what you know that is going to happen. Is anybody following what I'm saying? Don't swallow all prophecies that come to you. You are about to die. No, you are not dying. Come on now. Is anybody following what I'm saying here? For none of his bones were broken and he was going to keep his bones. So Jacob called all of his children and said, all of you come to me. I'm about to go. Let me give you one word about what your future will be. I remember one man that I used to follow in those days. Uh, some of you may have heard him. That's where our brother, Memeer uh, Jesu, came from. This Adam Igudu, Agricultural Preaching Society. We were involved in that when I was in secondary school. I mean, in primary school, not even secondary school. And I remember when he wanted to pass on, when he was to pass on, the day he was to pass on. And the whole community was full of, I mean, sound music. People were hearing music here, hearing sound here. They thought he was having a crusade. So the whole atmosphere was filled in his local community with the worship and glory and dancing and rejoicing. He went to his bed, lied down, and he just went on. That's how to pass on when you finish your assignment. You can't be driving your motor, motor on the road and somebody just come and cross you and then you're just gone like that. No, that shouldn't be. Hallelujah. So here is Joseph. Now let me, let me say this. I'm saying, no matter what sickness you're having, no matter what disease you're having, it's not going to take your life. It's not going to take your life. If you can keep up to what I'm talking about. I've gone through crazy things in life. But I know one thing that the Lord told me. I know I'm not going to die young. No matter what happened. No matter who. I mean it doesn't matter what. You have to come to that conclusion in your life. Praise the living God. 
And one of the prophetic words given to me in this church, you may not understand. One of our members here spoke to me. You may have forgotten, Dr. Brown. Years back, he walked to me and said, I don't dream callously, but I have a dream tonight. And this is my dream. You were so old. And you sat on the altar. You could no longer preach. You had long beers. I'm going to grow beers after now. <laughs> and say so you were sitting down, long beers, white, and then you could no longer preach. Somebody else was preaching. And this is one of the reasons why I can't leave this church. Because I know you are going to grow old. I mean, that's how to be a child of God. That's how to be in the household of faith. You need to see some things. You see, you don't just take decision. You take decision based on what you've seen. Praise the living God. Are you following what I'm talking about? So anytime something is happening to me, I say, no. I remember Brian also said it. My beers are going to grow. I've not even said a grain beers. <laughs> Praise the living God. And I'm just telling you about my life. And you need to know some things about your life. They keep you going. Praise the living God. So those two things, this one and the one that Lord spoke to me. By me shall your days be multiplied. By me shall your days be increased. When I put those things together, I don't care whatever happens. Even if thunder is striking, even if, even if the ceiling is coming down. I don't know anything about it. I know I'm not going to go that way because my beers have not grown yet. Praise the Lord. Okay, so here is Joseph. The time of my death has come. But God will keep you in mind and take you out of this land into the land which he gave by his oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Then Joseph made the children of Israel take an oath saying, God certainly give effect to his word. I want you to look at this one. God will do what? Certainly give effect to what? To his word. And you are to take my bones from here. It's like saying, this is a strange land. <laughs> I am not, it's like saying, I'm a stranger in this land. Are you still there with me? Praise the Lord. Amen. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel. Genesis 50, sorry. It's like you got it right, okay? All right. 25 took an oath of the children of Israel saying God will surely visit you and you shall carry up what? my bones from this land in other words God has promised Canaan to Israel you don't leave me here it's like part of the bones of Jesus is broken if you leave me back in Egypt is anybody understanding me? I'm still going to be part of the household of faith. So even if I die, when you're about to leave, take my bones. Praise the living God. Where do you want to leave your bones? Where do you want to live your life? <laughs> you got to be part of the household of faith. Even if you are departing this world. Hallelujah. Look at Exodus chapter 13 verse 19. Exodus 13 verse 19 and I want you to see that how powerful this scripture is Exodus 13 verse 19 I just have to enjoy my spirit God is a faithful God He's a loving father and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him and he has straight for swan children of Israel saying God will surely visit you and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you and they took their journey from Sukkot and encamped in Etam in the edge of the wilderness what did they do they carried the bones of Joseph that's to say no part of the children of Israel that was in Egypt was missing are you following what I'm talking about that means the church is still complete. <laughs> the cloud of witnesses is still complete. Are you following what I'm saying here? No part of the church is to be broken. Friend, listen. We are not ready to lose you. We are not ready to miss you. God is not ready to miss you. In this house, we are not ready to lose you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, it will surprise you to understand that you don't know the bones of Joseph that were carried even the bones of the fathers let me show you 
Acts chapter 7 verse 15. Acts 7 15. And Jacob went down to Egypt and came to his end there. And so did our fathers. And they were taken over to Sikkim and put to rest in the place which Abraham got for a prize in silver from the souls of sons of Hammon in Sikkim. Amen. They carried the bones. That's all the 12 fathers of the 12 tribes. Come on, is anybody following what I'm talking about? Remember, the brothers of Joseph went to Egypt. Is that okay? To meet them. So all of them, as it were, it's like they all died also in Egypt. And when they were living, they did not only carry the bones of Joseph, they carried even their own bones. So Judah, Simeon, everybody, name it, all the fathers of the 12 tribe, they took their bones. Glory to God. But no bones of the church shall be broken. I want you to see the impact of this. So friends, wherever you are, you are so united, you are so connected. No part of you shall be broken. Nothing shall crush you down because that is part of the bones and the flesh of Jesus. Hallelujah. You shall carry my bones that I may finally rest with my centers in the land which God gave to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob, and which is the pledge as it is a type of the kingdom of heaven. Thus says the author of the epistle to the Hebrew people. Let's look at the Hebrews. Book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 22. I want you to see how powerful this cluster thing is. <laughs> Glory to God. Hebrews 11 verse 22. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning what? His bones. Hallelujah. Are you still there with me? By faith he saw. He knew. Now how many of you understand faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? That means Joseph knew when he was going to die and he told them, listen, when I die, this is what you must do. Take my bones with you. Don't leave my bones in Egypt. Carry all the bones of the fathers of the tribes. Take them back to the promised land. That is to say, Jesus is not going to lose any member of his body. He's taking them up to heaven, if you will. He's taking everybody to the kingdom of God. He's not going to lose any. No wonder he said it in the book of John chapter 10. He said, all that the Father has given to me, no man is able to pluck them out of my hand. I don't have anything to believe that you're going to lose your faith tomorrow. I don't have anything to, to convince me that you're going to lose your salvation tomorrow. I don't have it because he who gave you to Jesus is greater than them all. That the Father who gave you to me is greater than them all. So no man is able to pluck them out of my hand as long as your faith remember the only condition is this you don't have to be a stranger you don't have to be a higher servant i mean if you understand what i'm saying because strangers were not permitted to eat higher servants were not permitted to eat only sons only sons holy glory now let me show you something that happened which so impressed me when the children of israel were coming out of egypt Exodus 13 verse 18. Are you following this? Exodus 13 verse 18. But God led the children, I mean the people, out through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. Hey, son, did you get that picture? Harnessed. Put it on the board. God led the children of Israel out. You know what it means to be honest? I'll show you something. Have you seen pictures? I don't know if we can get it now. You see, two horses can be plying together. They harness their necks together. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Are you there? Okay, fine. That's how to harness. Now, if you study the scripture closely, Israel was walking in a rank. That is five like this on a roll. That's how they left Egypt. They were all harnessed. They would not break their ranks. Praise the living God. They were all harnessed. They won't break their ranks. 
they move five in a rank you know how military men do your their march pass good that's exactly the way it was they will break their rank that is to say god will not allow us to break our ranks we are supposed to be walking shoulder by shoulder oh glory to god you get what i'm talking about they move in a rank like this that is to say if you're marching like this are you get what i'm talking about everybody is on the same step we are not that is oh me come on we're talking about unity of the spirit one mind one spirit one faith they moved out of egypt in a rank they won't break their rank and this is why you discover that those who were feeble who could not match up in the same rank what happened to them they were destroyed by the amalekites they move in a fire just like military men Go and watch military parade. That's exactly how Israel left Egypt. The owners walking carelessly. That means you can't be callous in the building of Christ. You can't be callous in the things you do. You can't be callous in what you think in your mind. No. You got to synchronize your thought and your mind towards what God is doing. You be in the fire with the same people walking in the same rank. Therefore, the enemy cannot touch you. They were like an army coming out of Israel. Or I mean out of Egypt. Is that okay? And so that's when you begin to look at the book of Song of Solomon. You begin to read, and the Bible says. Who is that coming out of the wilderness? When that question was asked, it was because they were so much afraid of the power and the glory that was following Israel. That's why, you know, when they go to Jericho, Rahab had to make sense of, say the heart of the people have already merited. They are afraid of you that you are coming out of the wilderness. We've seen your glory there. God is supposed to, in fact, the church was supposed to emanate the glory of God as an army on the face of the earth. It's not just a place for celebration. It's a realm, a camp, an army that God has raised on the face of the earth to subdue anything that is contrary to the mind and the will of the Father. Praise the living God. Let me see how I begin to round up with you. Are you picking anything from this? Hallelujah. Gather with me, but we're going to read from message translation. But just take Romans 12. Four and five, we just first of all look at King James, then we're going to go to Mesin translation. Romans chapter 12, verse number four. For as we have many members in one body, help me, Lord, and all members have not the same office, so we be many are one body in Christ. Can I hear an amen? And everyone members one of another we are many but we are one body and each and every one of us is a member of one another look at your body just look at your body you know let something touch your eye right now your nose will start dripping water am i correct what concern nose the thing happened to the eye but you see the eye is part of the face and part of the body even if you bruise your foot now sickness go to your head the next thing your eyes is bleeding bringing water you are already crying the thing happened to the foot that means you can't separate your foot from your nose let again separate your nose from your eye you are all one is anybody following what i'm talking about so every one of you is significantly important to me just like i'm important to you every one of you is important to each other that is the fine thing we're talking about. That's why they say blessed in the cluster. So that what you don't have, somebody else have it. What you can do, somebody else can do it. So that you are fulfilled. Your deficiency is made manifest by somebody bringing his own glory to your deficiency. You are whole because somebody makes up what you lack. Oh, come on. Anybody follow what I'm saying here? That's what a church is meant to be. Now, let's begin to read from verse 3 of message translation Romans 12 verse number 3 and this is going to be too small for you so I'm going to read because you can read all of them on the board I am speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me and especially as I have responsibility in relation to you living then as every one of you does in pure grace hallelujah it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as a people who are bringing the goodness to god no 
God brings it all out to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us. Not by what we are and what we do for him. That is to say, life is completely grace. Whatever thing you have, whatever position you occupy, it's not about what? Grace. So if you look at the body of Christ, no matter how much God has blessed you, it is not about what? Grace. That is why God has called you to also be a supply to his body in meeting the need of those who are not as blessed as you are so that there will be equalization. The Bible tells us that no man lacked anything within the church, the early church. How I many of you understand that? Why? Because those who have were supplying the need of those who don't have. And that is simply the principle of tithing as well, which people don't understand. It's a principle of equalization. The priests were not farming. God said they must not farm. So those who go to farm, the people su supply the need of the priests. So there was an equalization. Nobody was poor, nobody was richer. Everybody was working on equal level. I know it cannot be so with us, but there is a measure of satisfaction you derive because you belong to a house and because somebody is there that is rich. That is why I keep on praying every one of you. I pray this almost all the time with my wife. Every one of you must grow rich in this house because there's a need for you to supply the need of one another. Are you still there with me? It becomes a burden if only one man is rich in the house. I mean, if you understand that. If in a family only one rich man is there, in fact, he will almost been killed. I once spoke to a brother one time. He was growing up in business. And then he came to me and said, he doesn't know what is happening. I said, I know what is happening. He said, what is it? I said, give me the Bible. We look at the Bible. I gave him the parable of that little seed that was planted. He came out with the shoot, became blade, became a tree, bed of the air, lodging it. The book of Mark. Is that okay? Then I told him, if the blade was coming up and the bird came to eat up the blade, will it ever become a tree? He said, no. So that's the point. You are already supplying too much out of your business where you have not grown to where you are supposed to be. The wisdom is in the Bible. Are you following what I'm talking about? So here is God talking to us. Verse number four. In this way, we are like the various parts of the human body. Each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole not on the other way around that is to say your true meaning is defined by your relationship to the body of christ this is strange your true meaning you, you see you can't define yourself except you have a relationship with the body the body we are talking about is christ's body of chosen people each of us find our meaning and function as part of his body but as a chopped off finger or cut off toe, we won't amount to what much we will. The answer says no. Cut off this finger and allow the finger to be on its own. Can it do anything? No. Cut off the four or five fingers. Even if you cut off four, you can't hold anything anymore in life. Praise the Lord. That's why you can't neglect any of these fingers. Even if you want to grip a thing, they all must come together. Especially this last one and the big one. They must all come together. Otherwise, you're going to have a good grip on anything. Are you following what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. It's so vitally important. So here you see, for instance, you want to look at the finger. Here you have the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the, 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 the pastor, and what? The teacher. Why is it the smallest thing? Because you can, anytime you want to scratch your ear, what do you do? You put this finger here that's the teacher that's what people talk about tickling ears the teacher are you following what i'm talking about if you remove the teacher the apostle cannot do the whole job you define your position in your relationship toward to the body of christ your true meaning is made manifest as you relate to the rest of the body praise the living god so since we will find ourselves fashioned into all this excellent formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, verse number six, let's go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we weren't. Praise the living God. 
the true meaning of life is defined by your relationship in the body of Christ amen anything you can do I look at this field field as I came in I was so happy I look at one man one young man clearing this place for us I'm praying God will bless him took his time clear the whole of this place with the machine he's doing it by himself not because somebody forced him to do but it's you defining your life by the body you belong to every contribution you make is a definition of who you are whatever you can do is meant to be manifested within the body of Christ that's how you define your real life you are not anybody except who you are within the body you say our life is defined by what we do within the body of Christ are you sitting there with me praise the living God finally look at John chapter 15 and verse number 5 John 15 verse number 5 and then we'll just take this and then we'll close I want you to understand something Jesus said I am the vine you are the branches when you are joined with me and I with you the relation intimate and organic mm. organic means it grows inorganic means things that doesn't grow organic speak of that which have life inorganic is that which does not have life and Jesus is saying your relationship with me makes it an organic something that means we grow you grow that means life it flows through you because you have a relationship with him my relationship with you makes it organic for you to grow in life for I to grow in life is anybody understanding this the harvest is sure to be abundant separated you can't produce a thing praise the living God move on to verse number six anyone who separates from me is dead wood are you there gathered up and thrown on what on the bonfire now if you look at it from King James amen we gather it go to King James verse number six when you separate from the vine if any man abide not in me he's cast forth as a branch and is withered that means no life that's why I use the word organic no life is in you if you are not in a fellowship no life is in you if you're not connected to the body are you listening to me and men this is a problem men we gather them so now when you separate yourself you open up yourself for men to gather you just like those who were weak and feeble they were destroyed by who the Amalekites so when you don't follow when you don't unite when you don't connect you open yourself up for men to abuse you they misuse you they abuse you what I mean is they reduce you and take you for whatever they want the Bible said men we gather them and cast them into what into bonfire you begin to have experiences that you are not supposed to experience for belonging to the body when you separate yourself praise the living God God have not called us to separate ourselves that's why sometimes you begin to wonder how can that thing happen to that sister the question is how connected was the sister because don't forget what we said in the book of Sam he will preserve his bones he will not allow his bones to be broken how connected was the sister how connected was her brother he may have been in fellowship but the heart was not there that is it there was no organic growth substance manifesting no life flowing because he or she was not connected in their spirit and in their mind are you saying that this is where we fail this is where we die this is where things happen to us this is where that which you call witchcraft whatever can happen to you oh no see there is an energy in your life that no negative power truly can touch you can believe this i was speaking yesterday with a brother and he was trying to give me the experience that he had you know how the person he was staying with it's not straight <laughs> and 
One night, they were together. I'm talking of a couple. And all of a sudden, he doesn't know what was happening, but there was light emanating to him. And he could feel the light coming. His body could be vibrating like as if heat is permeating his body. And this woman somehow touched him and he was flung right from the bed onto the floor. Like electric shock hit this woman. You don't understand the kind of energy that's in your life. He said the same thing happened to Job. Job never knew that there was a whole wall of fire around him. I remember the late, uh, late good brother, Tony. Some of you know him, Pastor Tony, those days. One day he made some appointment at the church and he told the church they need to respect the people he has appointed as Zikin and all of those people. And there was this particular guy that was so rebellious towards one of the leadership of the church. And this man came to report and said, look, this guy is not obeying my instruction. You should call him for me. And they called him. He walked down to his office and said, you stand there. What have I had? He just stretched his finger and this guy went and hit the fridge in the room. Heavy power just coming. Listen, friends, there is something in your life that you need to cherish. Are you following what I'm talking about? Don't separate yourself. There's an energy. There's a defense. There's protection. Just like it happened to that young man I'm talking about. Negative spirits cannot come around you. They will literally be burnt up. Are you listening to me? Only when you open up yourself by separating yourself from the vine can they have the power to gather you as firewood. But as long as you are connected to the vine, there's a flow of energy from the Father. And anybody that wants to touch you negatively, God is going to touch that individual negatively. Because there's an energy flowing from your life. Nobody can literally open his eyes and go and hurt electric wire. Naked one, unless you want to commit suicide. I want to tell you, the flow from God's life to your life is like electric current. And if anybody wants to touch you negatively, he's going to be burned up by the fire. It's not your prayers, it's your energy that you release because you belong to the body. Praise the living God. Is anybody understanding what I'm talking about this morning? There is so much life in the cluster. And I want you to get united. Come on, stand up somebody. I want you to get connected. I want you to get filled with the thoughts of the household of faith. I want you to come to that place. Help me, Father. I want you to realize that you are not just alone. You are united. You are connected. You are so united with the body of Christ. And life is flowing from this body. And any man that wants to touch you, there is this energy that will flow to destroy that's why it is not about you that's why i say forgive your enemy that's why i say don't think about them because he god is your defense thank you for listening to dr david ogaga we know you have been blessed by this station you can share this message with your friends and loved ones for more information inquiries and free downloads please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net god bless you